0: Reading, short and deep. Hi, I'm Jesse. And I'm Eric. And today we're reading, short and deep, Sis Becky's Piccaninny by Charles W. Chestnut, uh, first published in a collection of short stories called Conjure Woman uh, in 1899. And I, I came to this book and this story through Evan Lamp who is a historian and uh, university professor who's doing some great podcasts on American literature and uh, Philip K. Dick and, and uh, in our conversation he, he suggested I check out this book and um, I found one that was the right length for our show and I read it and I thought it was terrific <laughs> I still think it's terrific every time I read it I think it's even better um, uh, what did you think of this? Cause I, I, I don't know how familiar you were with, uh, chestnut, but I'd never, I'd heard the name, but I never read anything by him.
1: I did read a story of his way back in graduate school. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I didn't appreciate it. And I'm really glad that you've brought me back to this, Jesse. Uh, I think sis Becky's pickin is a marvelous story mm. in many ways raising a host of issues about why one writes, how one writes, audience relation, structure, cultural appropriation. Um, it's it's uh, an astonishingly good story, mm-hmm. uh, it seems to me, for conversation. Uh, I don't know where we should pick it up uh, since since you liked it and like it more each time, uh, let me ask, uh, what is it you like about it?
0: Well, I'm a big fan of framing devices, and this one has one. Each each of the stories in this collection, uh, Conjure Woman, has the same uh, device and basically the same setup. There's a, a couple who've moved in from the north down to North Carolina, um, and there's a guy who, I guess, lives in the neighborhood who's named Julius, He's a black guy and they're white. He uh, comes by, tells them a story, and that's the end. That's the whole premise is basically these this white couple get told stories about the local area and the people there by uh, resident and native, and um, they're all kind of like this in a certain sense that they're they seem to be retelling real sort of folk tales, uh, but with this frame. Um, and, uh, the very, he's so, Chestnut's uh, so clever, um, second-guessing what's going on in everybody's mind is the f- most enjoyable part of the story for me. So, at least in the the outer frame, um, we've got a bunch of characters who are, well, the Julius, um, and the, the white couple are... <laughs> have motivations that are hidden from the, ta- hidden from us until we really see what happens. And then it, it's revealed just like at the end of this one, we've, I, I figure what happened is um, <laughs> after the story was told, he goes, uh, the husband goes into the house uh, to get something and either a uh, Julius sells the rabbit's foot to, uh, the wife, or, um, he gives it to her because we later find out that it's in her possessions. And that's just uh, terrific because it makes it possible that the whole purpose of this story and the whole long rambling, uh, what shaggy dog story of the, of the central narrative is just a sales pitch (laughs) and that's awesome because i didn't didn't read it that way at all oh i think it's entirely within the text to read it that way um but it's not the only thing going on
1: i i didn't read it that way at all uh julius makes clear how difficult it would be to have a rabbit's foot the wife is ill And nothing seems to be able to make her feel better. Uh, The husband is going to uh, to have her he's going to read a novel to her to divert her. Uh, We are never told what her ailment is, but we are told that she's depressed, sufficiently depressed that she may be wasting away. So her ailment may be depression. And the idea is that an entertaining story may lift her spirits. Mm -hmm. Uh, Julius then uh, talks about the importance of a rabbit's foot. And the husband says, uh, what makes you think that's important? And then comes what you're calling a long rambling story in which there is no rabbit's foot. That's right. But but the main character of the story um, gets what she wants. Uh, And then the the husband says, well, but you didn't mention a rabbit's foot. Uh, Why not? What's the point? And Julia says to the wife. You probably know. And she says the reason the bad stuff happened to the main character to begin with is because she didn't have a rabbit's foot. (laughs) And Julia says, you got it right away. At that point, the man has to go into the house. Uh, Then he comes back out. And then much later. Uh, days and days or whatever later, uh, the woman needs something as they're about to go out for a ride uh, because now she's feeling so much better. Mm-hmm. And she says, just get my handkerchief from the uh, my blue dress, the pocket in my blue dress, and when he does, out falls the rabbit's foot. Now, the whole thing is, it's called Sis Becky's Picaninny. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but the the central question here is... Uh, the central object is not the title uh, baby, young young boy, but in fact the rabbit's foot. And Julius says, "I would never sell this rabbit's foot. That's right. I would, however, lend it to somebody that I cared about. Yep. And and we we have a belief here that Julius sees the Importance of helping this woman overcome her depression. So I don't believe that he has sold it to her. I believe, in fact, that this rabbit's foot is supposed to eventually come back to Julius, the same way a horse sale happened that happens in the inner story yeah. is supposed to be reversed.
0: Yeah, yeah. He says uh, there's no ain't no amount of amount of her money could buy mine the rabbit lucky rabbit's foot, right? Um, and the the central story is uh, has so many resonances with the with the outer story that I can as I read through it again and again, I, I see like, oh yeah, I see like uh, the conclusions that characters come to on their own, you know, and and we have to come to on our own as we go through. like one of the things that the naivete of the of the outer narrator, the husband, is is awesome because one of the things he says is oh seriously dude you well that's not the words he uses but i'm trying to find the the page but he ah here it is he says to julius your people will never rise in the world until they throw off these childish superstitions and learn to live by the light of reason and common sense how absurd to imagine that the forefoot of a poor dead rabbit with which he timorously felt his way along through a life, surrounded by snares and pitfalls, beset by enemies on every hand, can promote the happiness of success or ward off failure or misfortune. And then the wife says, it is ridiculous, assented my wife. <laughs> right. um, and then Julia says, oh yeah, you're absolutely right. I've been telling all my friends. <laughs> I'm not going to try and do the uh, the, uh, the language. is so fun to read, but it's really hard to get it right. So um, it basically says you're right. Everybody I know who says uh, that about rabbit's foots, yeah, they're absolutely right. You're right too. It has to be the hind foot, <laughs> and it has to be uh, killed by a cross-eyed uh, uh, nigger uh, on a dark night in the full, in the full, in the fall under the moon.
1: In, no, in the full of the moon. Ah. In In a graveyard.
0: Yes, in a graveyard. So, this is an extremely specialized rabbit foot. It's not, first of all, it's not a forefoot. It's not any old rabbit's foot. It's a very specific one, which is, (laughs) you know, one so hard to get that, you know, they're extremely rare. So, what's so amazing is Julius never, almost never disagrees with any of the conclusions that the white couple he's talking to are are coming to he always has a point to make that basically does the job that the doctor the white doctor in the neighboring community that they so value can't do which is cure the woman of her melancholy and he does it by telling a story and the rabbit's foot is the cure but only in the sense that it is a totem of that story in a certain sense that's kind of like whether he whether he actually got money for it or or was simply lending it to a friend i think is we're never going to know the answer but i don't think it's bad of him to sell
1: i do uh, i'll tell you why much of the story um, is about property. Yes. It's about sale. It's about whether or not a sale is made in good faith. It's about whether or not a sale can be undone. And it is set. The inner story is set before the civil war. So all of the blacks in the story and most of the characters in the story are black in the inner story. All of the characters are property. Mm hmm. I think the story, uh, it, it's important uh, to remember that, um, well, it's not, it, it corroborates what I'm about to say, to remember that Chestnut was, in terms of his grandparentage, seven eighths black, seven eighths white, and in fact, if he didn't identify as black, most people assumed he was white, but he always chose to identify as black. So Chestnut could have been white in in America of 1899, but he chose to be black. He published in The Atlantic, which is a Boston magazine. And the the characters we come to first in this book are northerners who have come to North Carolina, presumably for the the better air. The North is industrialized. Let's think of it as Boston. But rural North Carolina has pine trees everywhere. We're told about that. And we see, we hear that the air is clear. It's this ozone air. What we have here in the white man is someone of money and privilege. He can afford apparently to go away for two years because he wants a a more healthful climate for his wife. In the inner story, the Colonel who sells away the the woman whose child is um, is called a pickaninny, which is a pejorative term, um, who sells away the woman without the child because he wants this really terrific racehorse. Um, my gosh, you know, every time that that Julius says that Colonel Pendleton was a kind man, he yeah. didn't like to break up families. I mean, how can Julius, who is black, possibly call this a kindness when the whole story is about the anguish to the point of death for that mother who's been sold away from her child and the reason the child doesn't go with her even though colonel pendleton is kind-hearted enough to be willing to throw it in you know it says well take the baby too the horse trader says no nah, i raise horses not niggers Mm-hmm. Uh, language like that is so horrible the 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 thing that happens is that that Sis Becky sister Becky um who's you know doesn't have a husband because he's been sold away um he was from a neighboring plantation and when the plantation owner died to clear his debts his property meaning among other things Becky's husband was sold away um she is alone When she is at work, she's a field hand. She, her child, uh, whose name is Moses, um, interesting, you know, someone who's raised by someone who's not actually his mother. Mm -hmm. Um, Moses is uh, cared for by Aunt uh, Nancy. Nancy. Mm -hmm. And Nancy doesn't have enough power to deal with the problems for uh, Miss Becky after she's been bought sold away so she goes to aunt peggy who apparently knows enough about conjuring she's the conjure woman Mm -hmm. Uh, and then we get a fairy tale right all of which undoes these commercial transactions Uh, it is black women who really understand what life is about who really understand how the breakup of the family, the ignoring of human connectedness has real world consequences. It not it doesn't just make us sad. It makes us die. It makes us incapable of work. It destroys us. The white woman, when she first says it is ridiculous about the story of the, uh, the rabbit's foot, it says assented my wife with faint interest. Right. But that's the very first word we hear from the wife. Mm-hmm. Faint has to do with her own weakness. And when Julius then goes on and says, well, of course not. Everybody knows that. But it's got to be this really special rabbit's foot <laughs> that you described, Jesse. Um, the wife's interest is getting stronger and stronger.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so we we really have two deprec- deprecated deprecated groups, women are seen as not really understanding. That is as much as our northern husband loves his wife and is willing to change his world for her, um, he still says, you know, women don't understand stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we have blacks. And if you put them together, if you put together the, the blackness and the womanness, you get this trio of women, Becky, Nancy, and Peggy, who together actually can bring back the dead. Uh, And in fact, they bring back through the story that Julius offers um, this this woman, the northern woman who is ill. That woman is able to see in the story the crucial importance of what isn't there. That's not just a joke. The fact that she can see the importance of what isn't there in a way undercuts the the male white notion of only taking a look at what is there. Um, uh, You're good as a field hand. You're good for that. You're a fast racehorse. You know, property, property, swap, swap, swap. Um, That they can see this, that the white woman can see this, puts her in line with something that really matters. And it seems to me that publishing for his white audience through the Atlantic Chestnut, who could be black, excuse me, could be white and looks white, he says, no, 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 what you're not seeing is my real identity. I'm black. And what you guys aren't seeing is the real identity of what blacks have understood all along. We have had to learn that there are things more important than what appears in our eye, to our eyes. There are things more important than property. There are things more important than laws, and they have to do with human connectedness. And I, I think the story – that's why I think that it's – although the story doesn't say he – whether he sold it or he lent it. I think we should take Julius at his word when he says, I would never sell this well, I, I, I don't give it to somebody I, I care about.
0: I also – I also don't think that he said, now, would you like to buy it when the husband walks away? I think rather the wife said, I I really would love to buy that from you. Um, and I also think it's possible that, you know, he offered it. Um, but either way it ended up in her hands. Um, and that is the, it's the cure, right? It's the cure for her melancholy, which is not cured by going to see a doctor generally, at least at this time. um, I want to point to something you pointed to as well and and about the relationships between characters. So Julius is not... I don't think anywhere in this story is he called Uncle Julius. Um, They just call him Old Julius, I think. Um, But sometimes he's called Uncle Julius, um, at least by uh, other characters. Now... I think it's really interesting, the relationship the black people have in this story. Everyone is related to each other by an appellation like uncle or aunt, right, or sis, right? And, of course, we have this in the in modern, right, brother and sister. This is a, a sort of a American uh, black cultural difference between you know i guess some white people in the states talk, call each other bro <laughs> but that's probably not the same thing whereas the white people in the in the story the inner story for example there's a colonel which is another appellation given to uh white people by other white people honorary colonel right it goes right back to the uk where and and canada actually where you would have honorary colonels of regiments where somebody in the community is picked to be a, uh, the, not the actual military leader of a, of a military group, but rather just an honorary title. And in fact, in my research for this, I, I found that Nebraska has a a honorary admiral, which is pretty funny because they don't have a Navy because they're landlocked. Right. (laughs) Um, but the whole point is is to honor in a military way with an appellation. And this is given to, uh, in this story, a colonel who is, uh, despite how Julius praises him, you know, being a, uh, a kind man, he's shown to be quite the worst person you've ever met. Not only does he, he uh, sell his sleigh for a horse that he doesn't really need, um, he... Uh, and because his gambling debts are so bad, nobody will accept his 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 paper. Um, in fact, he offers more in in paper than he does in in cash. Uh, what's asked for in cash? He ha- he offers eleven hundred um, rather than a thousand. Um, so this colonel's no good. When he he gives her away, he tells uh, sis Becky that oh, you're just going to go help my son-in-law, and you're going to get a ride from this gentleman. And then when, asks, when Sis when says Becky asks if she can take Moses with them, we get the sense that uh, we 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 hear that the colonel is considering it, but ah oh, no, I don't think you should take him. Like it's a possibility, but rejected. And since he's the master, you have no choice. So. What it turns out is he just doesn't want to make a scene. He doesn't want her crying over her kid and being separated, and this makes him not the you know a kind old you know southern colonel, but just basically the worst person around. And so when the revenge happens, or at least the justice happens, uh, with the birds and the bees, <laughs> as they do, um, or the hornets in this case, we get we get a kind of satisfaction that comes from a great story and along the way we see the relationship between all of these family-like members of a black community who are basically able to have their broken uh, their family broken up at anybody's whim other than their own right they they don't get to spend time with their husbands they don't get to spend time with their their children if anybody Could make a profit off of them and this is a this is a horror um but it's also beautiful because i see a parallel to it in for example the uh korean culture under the japanese occupation where koreans were treated like slaves um you see a growth in their uh community bonding so that even today uh there's a song uh, that was popular a few years ago from Korea, called Oppan Gangnam Gamnam style, Gangnam style. Um, right in the title of that is Oppan, which is like older brother, but this is not brother as in you know actual brother. It just means brother as in we're all in this together, we're all one big family because we're all able to be sent away at the whim. So I I think that the the distinction that happens in seeing this this horror. Uh, told in a, a sort of a comedy justice um a play not only uplifts uh every every person who isn't in that fairy tale but it uh and it'll up- uplift some of them too it uplifts the reader in the same way that the effect of the effect of this story has on the wife and so i feel like the magic is real <laughs> if you see what i mean and so i agree i'm I'm, I'm willing to pay for it and i'm sold if you see what i mean so i don't see that that uncle julius you know everybody has to eat that doctor who who comes to uh help the the woman uh who's who's sick and needs needs treatment he needs to get paid and so does julius And I don't see him having another job. He seems this this the story in this seems to be he is a guy who comes by and he sells them a story and and he's not putting one over on them as much as um, this is payment. And you could I've seen people in criticism saying, you know, it's uh, black people putting one over on white people. And there is a certain naivete about the the outer male narrator, but I don't think that that's the whole story. It's not, you know, clever Julius tricking these people out of money for a useless rabbit's foot. He's selling the story, and the rabbit's foot is the token.
1: Well, I I, I don't doubt the idea that he's selling the story. Um, it's not clear to me, however, that that it's that he's selling the token, but rather than lending it, but, but that's
0: entirely possible.
1: It, yeah. There's no way to know. It, yeah. No, no way to know. But I, I think the important point though, is that there are some things that, that have persistent value, whether you have them or not. I mean, you know, as I said, love is something when you give it away, it, you know, it, you just, you just keep having more like that, that magic penny, mm. um, the, the wife, the white wife, lets us know how to be better readers. She reads better than her husband. Oh yeah. She understands <laughs> what's missing in the story is really what's there. I think Chestnut is asking us to do the same with everything that Uncle Julius, that Old Julius says. So when Old Julius says that, the colonel was kind-hearted, and so he didn't want to tell uh, Sis Becky that, she was being sold away. We should see right away what, what you in fact did see Jesse, that he's not being kind to sis Becky. He's being kind to himself. Mm -hmm. He doesn't want to have to see that woman distraught by being separated from her child. So he, he arranges for somebody else to see her being distraught. Uh, someone who puts a higher value on, uh, Having the woman than on having the horse whereas the colonel obviously has puts a higher value on having the horse than on having the woman i mean that's what it is when you make a trade Mm -hmm. so that nasty uh horse raiser uh horse breeder turns out actually by the slightest little uh, degree um to be less of a monster (laughs) than the kind-hearted colonel and we should see these things what's not shown in the story. Um, Just as we should understand that regardless of what chestnut may look like to us, he is someone who fully understands the experience of blacks. And that experience is still valid in 1899. All right. This was set before the war, but it's happening after the war and chestnut is letting us understand that by continuing to treat Blacks as if they were interchangeable parts of the economy, not human beings, those of us who have any sensitivity whatsoever are going to waste away. And we need to take the opposite approach. Uh, one of the one of the things that's not said here, for instance, that I think is, is very valuable in understanding the the economic and class and gender implications of this story is that. Sis Becky is so valuable to uh, Colonel Pendleton because she is among his best field hands. Mm -hmm. But when the the horse breeder wants her, he wants her because she's a woman and he needs somebody to cook and clean. Mm -hmm. Right. So it doesn't matter what she's good at. It doesn't matter what the skills are. You're a woman. You can do this stuff. That's it. Right. So there is no consideration whatsoever of the individual. If he really wanted to allow her to be the most productive person that she could be, he would have her doing what Colonel Pendleton has her doing. But he doesn't. He just needs another cook. So you've got a vagina. You be the cook. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just it is so objectifying, so dehumanizing. The fact that this could be told as a humorous story. The fact that we can find people exchanging feelings of delight, both old Julius and the white wife and the husband, Mm -hmm. because he's over. He's thrilled that his wife is cured, that we can find delight in this, I think, is a very subtle indication of why it is that this system of objectification and suppression continues long after the war. Because, frankly, people are able to figure out a way to live with it. And as long as they do, uh it's going to continue. If you want the system to get better, you're going to have to do what old Julius and the white wife do. You're going to have to be able to say things without saying them and see them when they aren't there.
0: Mm. That leaves a lot
1: that leaves a lot for us to discuss and there is always more to say
0: and remember you can always freely access the materials discussed on these podcasts by going to sffaudio.com and clicking on the link for reading short and deep